Hello and welcome to the Beaumont House Call podcast. I'm Dr. Asha Shahjahan. Our goal is to help you and your families live smarter and healthier lives. Today we're talking about alcoholism and to help us unpack this from the perspective of someone who's been through it is Jean Cummings. Jean Cummings is a recovered alcoholic who has also coached many people through alcoholism. It's such an honor, Jean. Thank you so much for being with us today. How many years have you been sober now? I'm coming up on 25, so 24 and a half years. Yeah. That's amazing. That is a huge accomplishment. Since the pandemic started, there's been so many people that have been picking up the habit of drinking uh, because it's easier to do now. People can work from home. Uh, Many people have been isolated. What advice do you have for people that are starting to drink every day and maybe not thinking it's such a big deal and that it might turn into a problem? What advice do you have? If they want to know if they have a drinking problem, the suggestion is, is try to try to stop for, you know, a week. You know, if you can put it down for one week and clear your mind, then you may not have a problem with drinking. You know, if you can't put it down for a week and you you're you're jittery or you you're like, no, I got to have it. I got to have it. You may have a problem with alcohol. You know, that, that might be your first awareness that you may have a problem or if you have to have to have a drink in the morning to quiet your nerves or, you know, you're, you're telling lies that you have to go drink. I mean, I have, I have a friend that, you know, he's, they, they took away his car keys. They took away his car. They made, you know, they put him in a room and they said, you can't drink, you, you know, so what do you do? He stole his kid's bike and went up to the store so he can buy some alcohol. We're very resourceful when it's taken away from us. If, if somebody says you can't do this, uh, we're going to find a way to do it. That's just the way it is. It's the nature of the beast. So how do how do people deal with that? Like friends and family. So for example, you know, many times people just say, just stop drinking, just stop. They're telling you to just stop. What what can help motivate people to, to really stop or even realize that they have a problem? Because a lot of it is denial. Correct. For me, it's pain. Anytime you're in a lot of pain, whether you're going to lose something. I was, I was, you know, I almost lost my freedom. You know what I mean? I had an aunt who was a registered nurse and highly educated woman. And, you know, she drank her wine. She didn't think anything of it. Hitting, you know, having a couple glasses of wine, whatever, you know, it was to the point where she ended up in the hospital. They looked at her. They said, are you here for a liver transplant? She said, no, why would I be here for a liver transplant? They had to drill holes in her head to, to, to alleviate the pressure of the blood building in her brain because her liver couldn't process all the alcohol she was consuming. Here's an educated person who knows the signs, whatever, you know, they know it's a hereditary thing as part of our family. And, you know, you'd think you quit drinking, right? She didn't. She ended up drinking herself to death. We buried her. You know, it. even though you have enough evidence, awareness, knowledge, knowledge is not enough. I think a lot of it comes from pain. You know, the, the husband walking out on you or the kids leaving you or, you know, you getting arrested, you know, I mean, so you have to ask yourself, am I going to allow that disease to control my life? Seeking help is one of them. And that's the hardest thing to do. Any alcoholic will not ask for help. We, we, we're stubborn. We're, we, oh, we got it. We're fine. We're, you know, I got it under control. I only have a couple beers a day. It's not a big deal. Well, if it's starting to make you lie cheat, steal, um, do things that you normally wouldn't do, immoral things, you know, you might have a problem. And so where can people seek help? So if you're a friend or family and you're trying to give people resources, 
what would be a good resource? You know, there's a 12-step program. You could reach out to any one of them. Um, there's hotlines. People will talk to you 24-7. There's rehab. You know, a lot of people need rehab because you're physically addicted. See, this is the thing that a lot of people don't realize. It's a two-step, two-fold illness, and it is an illness. It's, you know, the physical addiction that once an alcoholic starts consuming alcohol, even with the first drink, and it's always about that first drink, the minute you put it in your body, you, it's a chemical reaction and automatically you want more. You will do whatever you have to do to get more into your body. That's why people need rehab is so that they can detox um, without dying. People, you, people don't realize that to detox off of alcohol, you can have seizures. You can actually die from detoxing off of alcohol. So I highly recommend if you are jittery or physically addicted, which most alcoholics are, if not all of them, you need to either go get treatment at a hospital or go to a, de- uh, a rehab center. There's plenty of rehab centers in metropolitan Detroit. Now, there is hope for handcuffs. Hope for handcuffs says, you know what? Drinking's becoming a problem. I'm afraid that I'm going to hurt somebody in my car if I drink and drive, those types of things. If you have any kind of awareness of that way, you can walk into most police stations in metropolitan Detroit, say, I have a drinking problem. I'm drunk. I don't know what to do. They will call somebody and they will they will get you the help that you need. They'll get you into a rehab center or they'll get you some type of stuff. Let's say you do end up getting to rehab and then you feel better, but you don't want to go home to your home environment because you know you might start drinking again. So you decide to go to a recovery house. Can you give me just like a mock setup of what that what that entails? Who's there? What's the day to day and how long you can stay there? Most of them are like, it depends on how long. I mean, the, the length of time depends on the person. They get you active. You, you have to get a job. They don't care if you get, you know, you know, there's accountability. That's the key is there's accountability. So you share a house. Let's say there's, you know, six bedrooms. So you might have six or seven people. You may share a room with somebody. You may not. Um, it depends on the house. Um, there's rules. There's a, there's a, um, a house uh, monitor. So there's somebody that lives there and monitors the house. You have chores. So if somebody takes out the garbage, somebody does the cleaning, somebody does this, you have a job, you have to go to meetings. You have to go to some type of 12-step meeting every day. Um, they, sometimes they have them in the house. Sometimes they don't. Um, so what you are is, is you're in a structured environment, right? And you're accountable to the people in the house. And then you may have to drop, which means that you may have to test for alcohol or drugs in your system at any given point if they think you're dirty. Um, you know, that means that you've been using, then you may have to be kicked out. They, they won't tolerate, you know, people that are using. And that's what it takes. It's just having something to do, like being, being a, you know, an active member of your community, if you will. And it sounds like many people say, go to AA, um, you know, experience a meeting. But I, I think one thing that you shared with me is that even if you're not an alcoholic, maybe you're a family member, friend, maybe you're a doctor, provider, community member, and you just want to know what it's like, but you can join a meeting and participate or, or, or see what it's like so that when you're actually encouraging someone to go, you might be able to give more of a warm handoff or maybe even go with them. Is that right? For an open meeting. Yes. There's open meetings and there's closed meetings. So yeah, a closed meeting is reserved for people who have a desire to stop drinking. Um, open meetings. Yeah, they're open to everybody. I encourage everybody to go to an open meeting. Instead of reaching for alcohol for anxiety or reaching for alcohol when you're sad, uh, what are other things that could be done in, in place of that? 
you got to look at the gratitude. An alcoholic will always look for the negative. We're, we're on a pity pot. We feel sorry for ourselves. It's never going to get better. I'm resigning myself to a doom of death. You know what I mean? Like you implode, you just implode and you don't see any light. There's no light whatsoever. And, you know, my suggestion is, is I do journaling, you know, there's a lot of resentments. I think there's a lot with this whole pandemic, you know, the whole world's been traumatized, right? How do you deal with trauma, right? That's, that's how you, what you ask yourself, how do I deal with this trauma? Most people are drinking. Like you said, that was a way to calm their nerves or what have you. And now that they're trying to quit, their nerves are getting worse. There, there's more anxiety. There's more, you know, so, you know, 12 step programs are spiritual in nature, right? So, uh, you know, we lean on the spiritual side, you know, who's the governing power in our lives. Are we going to allow alcohol to be the power that controls our thinking and our actions? Or are we going to allow some other power to be, you know, controlling our actions and our, in our thinking, you know, I find that through gratitude, I do a gratitude list every day. You know, and even during the pandemic, I was grateful for a lot of things. If anything taught us in this pandemic is that we are not in control. You know, things that are happening in our world that we cannot control all the time. You know, nobody liked being told they had to stay home. Nobody liked being told that they had to get a shot to to help save other people. Nobody liked, nobody likes, and alcoholics are an extreme example of not of stubborn pride. You know, I, I don't want to be told what to do. You know what I mean? And Jean, you're so amazing. Like you are just the coolest person. You are so amazing. And your name is in my gratitude journal tonight, like three times. Um, cause you, from your life experience, it was, it's so difficult. There's so much shame around alcoholism and people want to hide it. And you are so open and willing to share your story and your success and also help other people. Um, Some people like to close the door and say, I don't want to ever talk about it, see it ever again. And you're not afraid to do that. And that takes so much bravery. And I I just applaud all of your efforts and everything that you do uh, to help people stay sober. And you really are like, you're just phenomenal. Dr. Asher, thank you for letting me talk um, and share my story on alcoholism. Um, For anybody who's suffering from the disease of alcoholism, um, I want you to know that there's there's hope and there's help. Um, One of the hardest things to do is ask for help. But anybody who has come through and recovered like I have, it all takes that first step. And the first step is to ask for help. You know, admitting that you're powerless over a disease is one of the most humbling things that you could ever do in your life, but it is the most rewarding because my life changed. I have a life that I never would have dreamed possible. I mean, there's things that have happened, miracles. I am a miracle. I am a walking miracle because I decided that I had to surrender to a disease that was controlling me. It no longer controls me. I no longer have the problem. The problems I have in my life are nothing compared to what I had when I came through. you know, to recovery. I mean, it's, it's amazing. So um, just know that there's help. um, There's joy, there's laughter, there's singing, there's dancing, and it's all gets, it all gets better. You know what, Jean, you are a miracle and um, so grateful to have you. And thank you again for, for all the wisdom that you've shared. Oh, you're welcome. Continue your journey to living a smarter, healthier life. 
Visit Beaumont.org slash podcast to access information and resources related to today's podcast.